I've just got to look up something. Hold on. You know, you carry on. No, because i got to give the pretense of knowledge. People know you well enough. Oh, do they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won't bother then. Why would we allow facts to get in the way of... I mean, you know, this is the modern way, isn't it, in political life? We don't need facts anymore. Just tell the listeners what they want. Actually, we should do that, shouldn't we? If you if you give to the podcast, you'll get a hundredfold back because that's just faithful giving. I agree. Just lay your hands on your device right now. <laughs> and receive. And by device, I think I need to be very specific what that is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Yes, we've missed our calling, haven't we? We should have been... Um, oh, evangelists. You know, yeah, it would have been uh, great. We'd have been good. I, know. I couldn't have done it. My teeth aren't good enough. <laughs> and I don't have hair. You need to have big, quaffy hair, don't you? Do, you do. Really? You have lots of hair and nuclear-powered white teeth. Seriously, though, this is, uh, you know, next time we do a podcast, or next time a podcast goes out to be a bit more accurate, we will have a a prime minister, a new prime minister. No, we won't. We have the same old prime minister. I don't know. Yeah, we might not have any prime minister. Yeah, that's true. Nobody might have voted for anybody. Nobody (laughs) might vote. Are you worried that no one's going to vote? I mean, it's just, I just feel like the lethargy is enormous, more so than normal. You've got to vote, haven't you? Yeah. Whatever. And speaking of extreme lethargy... Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to episode 90-something... Five. Of the five, 95, of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. Uh, my name is Nick Page. Well, I'm glad you remembered. And that is Joe Davis. Mm. Are you wearing new glasses? I'm wearing incredibly cheap reading glasses. OK, so the joke in our family is that I lose glasses a lot. I know it's hard to imagine. But what, are so, you losing anything? So I do tend to bulk buy them <laughs> from a website. <laughs> Rachel oh, okay. jokes that I've got 18 pairs. Well, I don't think that's funny. I've got pairs, you know, in jackets. and Anyway, never mind. Yeah, no, that's quite good. I mean, it depends on the cost, I suppose, really. Well, they're about a pound each. Are they? Yeah. What, you, you just have one sort of standard prescription, don't you? Yeah, I've got, my eyes are different strengths, you see, so I can't go with that. I can't go with just sort of... Mine's 1.5. Well, oh, what okay. you could do is you could buy a load of glasses mm. of one sort and a load of glasses of the other sort and then just cut them in half and glue them together and then you'd have... Yeah. Uh, it doesn't quite work because my left eye needs hardly anything at all. So oh. it's a pitiful amount and my right eye... Is needs a sort of telescope. Basically, I should use a monocle. That's what I should do. <laughs> you really. should. That'd be great. That's great. You anyway, like Chris Eubank. Anyway, uh, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I escaped. I escaped for one night. You know, we'd had these colds and various ailments mm. that we mm. won't bore the listener with. But um, so I said, come on. So there was a Black Friday deal. I I I promised myself I wouldn't do any Black Friday purchases or buying anything. But in the end. We went up to Minsmere for one night and we stayed in the Wesselton Crown and we just had this fabulous view of a kingfisher where we were there and a little egret and it was just glorious because Minsmere is a glorious place as at least 10 of our listeners know. Mm. So yeah. that was uh, 
that was a bit of a whim and we could do it because i didn't have any work monday in fact i'm really quiet at the moment i'm so quiet at the moment with the whole speaking celebrancy thing that you start to think oh gosh can we afford oh Christmas? joe you're like this all christmas the time. is cancelled i know no, you're, like, you're either either you can't move because you've got sort of i don't know coffins it's, stacking up in your living room it's feast or, or famine or, be- or you, when you don't the minute you don't get any yeah but you're you know, an author you're used to poverty how do you cope with all this <laughs> Well, I actually have the same thing. If I don't hear from publishers or anything like that, I think, oh, no, they hate me. I'm never going to get another gig. Um, <laughs> but it always seems to come out all right in the end. Oh, oh, and the other thing is, OK, so let me tell you something else. Uh, I met with Steve and Ian, dear podcast listeners. They came from far afield to have a mm. meal with us to talk mm. about Soul Place. And as mm. I was talking about Soul Place, I thought, wow, that sounds really good. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> and I remembered I do, so that cheered me up. <laughs> they oh, are terrific. Good. Hi, Steve and Ian. Thank you for coming, and it was lovely to see you. And thanks for all the encouragement. Good. That was good. And uh, oh, and I went to see Knives Out. Oh, have you seen it? No, uh, it's a film. Is it? It's a, a film. film. It stars uh, Craig Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Craig, Craig. Daniel. <laughs> Craig, Craig David. David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> anyway, Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig, and it's just terrific. There, I can't imagine there's a, a listener out there who wouldn't enjoy that film. Okay. It's oh, just great. marvelous. Go see it. Seriously, I have the feeling this is going to be a very silly podcast because I'm I'm not really <laughs> in the mood for it. Um, anyway, yes. But how are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Actually, you know, here's the thing. Right, here's the thing. Okay, I've got me. a Christmas tree up. Me, what? Scrooge. You've got a, a tree up, you. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. This punctuation is so important, isn't it? I've got. A, so the Claire said to me on Sunday, she said, "We're going to get. We need to get a Christmas tree now." I said, "What? You know, it's it's barely it first of December for heaven's sake." <laughs> no, she insisted. She said, is "Go she? out while you, you know." Yeah. Well, they're still well, available you instead better of leaving do what it she till says. the twenty fourth, like I normally do, when you end up with a twig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and so I went out and I got it, and it's up with some lights on. Well, well, I think that's good. I mean, we never do Christmas mm. that early. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I feel a bit of a traitor to my own grumpiness. Yes, but, but I suppose it's helping because I am actually writing a book on the history of Christmas. Are you? So, yeah, so, like you do. Well, um, on behalf of all the listeners, yippee. We love your books, as you know. <laughs> no pressure, but your last one was exceptionally good. So uh, you better yeah, keep yeah. the quality high. I don't think this is good. Anyway, th- no, it's going to be good, but it's a very different book. And so I'm full of... I'm going to be boring you. I'm going to get even more boring than I was last week. Uh, thank you. Like, for example, you know we were doing the thing about Advent wreath last week? Yeah. I've were discovered... We? it. The wreath, you know, with the candle. Oh, yeah. Four candles. Four candles, yeah. I hope everybody's watched that now. Um, <laughs> was only invented in about 1833. And it was it's not a Christian thing at all. Well, it was, in a way. It was invented by a German called something. Hang on. This is why I should have looked it up this beforehand. This is why you should Hold fact on. check. German I called hope- Johann Heinrich Wichern. Right, and he was running a he was um he was a Christian and he was doing and he had a home for uh, homeless children, homeless boys okay. in somewhere near Hamburg. It was called the Rough House, which doesn't sound like the right. most encouraging um name for okay. a homeless home anyway. Um and he uh, the boys kept asking him, When's Christmas? When's Christmas? When's it coming? 
So he invented a sort of wreath with candles all round it, quite a lot, you know, because it was like... More than four? Yeah, yeah, for a few weeks before. And then he would put, like, a candle each time, you see. Okay. And, um, uh, And then it sort of got taken up by the church and they reduced it to four. So all the things, you know, the traditional things we say about, well, this candle represents this, and this candle represents that, we do this, and here's the colours, the different candles, blah, 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 blah. It's all a later invention. You're just destroying everything. I should say to the listeners, you can fact-check anything Nick says. Um, Yeah, but as we said at the beginning, you don't... Nobody trusts facts. (laughs) So Nick may have invented that. Why don't you you ask me about Boxing Day? Do you know what? I was just about to. Nick, if only we knew more about Boxing Day. If If only I knew a historian who would be interested in revealing facts about Boxing Day. Well, Boxing Day, or St Stephen's Day, the 26th of December... Um, was really... It, they think it's got its name. No, no, don't oh, do no, this. No, no, don't okay, slaughter okay. this. This could help. Shut okay. up. I'm planning something here. Boxing Day, St Stephen's Day, 26th of December, was a time when servants, OK, or tradesmen, would ask for money in the run-up to Christmas and it would be put in a box or clay mm. thing, like an old piggy bank kind of thing, and then it would be broken open on Boxing Day. So it was a time when people could give money to people who they liked or who provided a good service for them. I've just seen where this is going. Yeah. So talking of which... Is it the mid-face crisis Christmas appeal? Well, you know, (laughs) you could give to this on our website, you know. (laughs) Yes, if you've been meaning to give all year but never got round to it, then at this festive season... Why not give? <laughs> because Joe obviously needs some new glasses. And, I do uh, need new glasses. You know, I obviously need a new, uh, you know, wooden artificial leg or something. Something Dickensian that I need, you know. <laughs> yes. So you can donate to the podcast on the website. And yes. uh, why Why wouldn't you? It's Christmas, um, for heaven's sake. And other meaningful causes are available. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. OK. Anyway, we should do some um, notices. Yeah, uh, we should. Lee Abbey and all that malarkey. Oh, and other so I rang Lee Abbey last week and discovered that 42 people are booked in. Why do you do that? Because I'm just interested to know. I hate that thought that, you know... No, it's good. And I found you. out that seven people are booked onto the other conference. So that means that we get the oct octagonal room which is a lovely room so that's exciting although obviously i'm praying and wishing the best to the other seven (laughs) obviously because i'm you know but anyway you were gonna say seven people were booked into my one in march my other one in march but anyway no i'm sure more than that tell us when that is again if you know no you won't have fact checked will you (laughs) march sometime people it's on the website it's on the website yes indeed. talking of march we've we're doing another event aren't we oh yeah we are Yes, yeah, so this is on the 14th of March, and we're going to that Nottingham. Yes, that, we're not sticking Nottingham. south. Yeah, we're not sticking south. The lovely Mark and Helen Lloyd, who said you've got to do some events up here in the Midlands anyway. And, um, yeah, they're organising this thing. They've called it Mid-Faith Crisis, The Big Conversation. And what they're sort of passionate about is is how we need dialogue and conversation at this kind of mid-faith crisis stage. It's not sort of particularly helpful to just go to church or wherever mm. and just mm. hear an expert speak at you and then no chance to interact so so they're really exploring why conversation is so important why we need to talk about faith and how we do it and why it matters and all that sort of thing and we're going to put a link on the website 
and if you're interested in that it costs 25 pounds for the day on saturday the 14th of march it's 10 till 4 but that includes lunch that's value isn't it bargain I mean, my lunch is more than twenty-five pounds. I mean, that's what that will be the challenge to. Well, the da- downside is you've got to listen to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I was trying so not to. Em- I was trying not to emphasise that. That sort of puts you off your lunch. I'd have thought. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, great. So we'll put some links up on those and uh, say a bit more about those in the new year. So we should get on because I've got you know. Yeah, you got trees to, do. trees to water. <laughs> whatever okay shall we shall we uh start with some feedback then okay Indeed. so uh colin of colin and maureen fame who we know because they came to minsmere with us oh. this year um hello colin and maureen uh colin wrote again reminding me of how utterly inadequate we've been to be fair because we promised him another episode on the second coming he raised lots of points and we said mm, this is good stuff colin we should do another episode on that which we haven't done um, so I'm going to ignore all those bits of his email. No, that would have been, it would have been a good time to do it last week, Colin. You are right. Yeah, you are right, yeah. because we should be thinking about the second coming of Jesus or the third or fifth or three thousandth, as we said before. Anyway, uh, so, hugely redacted. Dear Nick and Joe, the recent podcasts have been compelling, as always, moving, challenging and refreshing. Surprising, then, that you made no back reference to Bethany Solareda. Uh, podcast 54 listeners who wonderfully combined scientific integrity with obvious compassion her main thesis the odyssey without the fall goes to the very heart of the matter death as a friend to be embraced and uh, in brackets for me to live is christ to die is gain or an enemy to be defeated we might take issue with her comment that death though a loss need not be a tragedy we only need to hear the eloquent testimony from some of your listeners of the death of the young child or the stillborn fetus to realise that premature death is so profoundly disturbing. Nevertheless, Bethany challenges us to move towards death with hope, not despair. Thank you for posing the dilemmas and the unanswered questions. Hmm. Thank well, you, Colin. He's right. We should have um, Yes. that. So I'm glad he knows which number it was. Yes. Excellent. And we do owe you an episode. We'll come back to that, will we? Yeah, Yeah. when I've got the energy. (laughs) Moving on. David. Mm. uh, uh, And this is an interesting one. David, I want to keep his surname anonymous. Okay. Hi, Joe. Well, as as I do pretty much everyone's surname, but particularly this one. He says, hi, Joe, and brother of mine. Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well done, both of you, on almost getting to 100 episodes. Well, there's Faith. Mm. (laughs) He says, I do particularly enjoy it when you have to get Nick to communicate early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that as I am a very cheerful early bird, we should have a breakfast together sometime and see how he reacts. (laughs) <laughs> as a fellow seven enneagram person i wonder if he could withstand the outpouring of positivity no he couldn't <laughs> anyway so can are. i just say actually that wouldn't it would make no difference in the morning or evening or any time i'd still be grumpy about all that positivity at any point <laughs> he says anyway your last few episodes have been giving me much to think about i found myself asking whether i was afraid of death to which the answer was no, in respect to my own, and I was not really afraid regarding those I love and hold dear, as I have real hope about their future beyond the grave, but there was definitely a fear lurking there somewhere. I think I've tracked it down to a fear of grief, which may sound really odd, but I think it is very real for me. Apart from losing our dad a few years ago, I haven't had to face losing a loved one, and what concerns me is how I will cope. 
Julie is convinced that if she goes first, I will follow soon because I will starve to death. But it is a very <laughs> genuine fear for me. Will grief change me? I know people say that life goes on, but I don't know how I will react to life without someone very close to me. Not sure there are any easy answers. And I guess the problem is that you won't know what grief will do until it is something you need to face and deal with. Anyway, keep up the very good work, chaps. And, uh, yeah. Well, I you. think that is a surprisingly articulate email, given from whom it came. <laughs> uh, and I think I, I kind of identify with that because I think it's um, it. That's a very good point, because really it's it's not so much the event itself as kind of what it does to us kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and I, is that a seven thing? You don't, I mean, you're supposed to, you run from pain, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, it is a seven thing. Yes. In answer to your question. Uh, it, it is. Yeah. We're very afraid of negative feelings. Yes. We're very afraid of what that will do. And, you know, we always have an escape plan and all that sort of thing. So... Yeah, uh, I think I identify it with that. myself as well because I think sometimes when I'm not feeling particularly, uh, you know, generous and things like that, if somebody's having problems, I can say I can feel like you know I feel like oh no that's a pain because it's a pain for me you know it's going to disrupt my life yeah. you know they, they're going to do you know what I mean it's kind of like yeah, I do, it's yeah. a bit selfish really. It was very selfish. It is extremely selfish. It is extremely I'm selfish. Not surprised, yeah. But it is a fear of the effects, isn't it? I think that's the thing you're saying there. Okay. Anyway, uh, Claire. Claire, lovely email from Claire. Hello, who stumbled upon the podcast and said some very kind stuff. And um, and she finished with this. She says, I, I wanted particularly to thank you for something you said in an episode from last year that spoke of the power of kindness and how kindness can change someone's day, but actually may change someone's life. With that fresh in my ears, as I arrived at work, I prayed that I would be kind in all my interactions in that day. Well, what a day. It was immensely challenging. Things came at me from all fronts. I work with people who are socially isolated and often are struggling with mental health issues. I encouraged a colleague whose role provides real opportunities for kindness that her actions are life-changing and it brought tears to her eyes. I got a message from a client who also commented on what a difference kind words had made to her that day. I share this as I believe this was an amazing answer to prayer and one I will pray on a daily basis. It is great to think that we helped to bring the kingdom here. Mm. I loved that. Mm. I just loved how practical it was and um, and just sort of cuts through the mist of what do we think about this and what do we think about Christmas and... You know, what are our thoughts on this and that? And ultimately, it does come down to actions. I thought she reminded us of that really well. I'm really interested in that concept of of bringing the kingdom here, because I think that's I've been thinking quite a lot about the the kingdom of God, what it looks like and what what how people encounter it. Not least because, you know, I've met I've met um, Christians through my work. I've met Christians in my life who've been like in prison and things like that. And their decision to to be Christ-like in that in terrible circumstances. I mean, these are like prisons that aren't like our prisons. These are hell holes. Yeah. But their decision to to be loving and kind and and forgiving and yeah. you know in the, in wow. those circumstances means that somehow the kingdom of God gets this little foothold in this in these terrible places, and people sort of know what it looks like and i suppose it links mm. into what we were talking about last week in the incarnation really you know yeah. because just as it's um 
just as Jesus exists, uh, well, Jesus, one of part of Jesus' mm. purposes is to show us what God is like. I think yeah. that's what we do to yeah. other people. That's the plan. At our best. Yes, uh, you know. definitely. We're we're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah, we're, that that that's the thing, isn't it? And like I say, I love this because I think, you know, particularly when you're going through that time where you're questioning, you know, what do I actually believe? What do I believe at Christmas? Was Jesus really the son of God? In what sense was he the son of God? Or was that just a title given to him by Romans? And, you know, it didn't mean... It didn't mean he was that special in that sense. And, you know, you, you kind of get into all these arguments. What about the virgin birth and everything? And then there's there's something about incarnation that says, actually, there's something at the heart of this that's so important. And it reminds us not only of who and what God is, but who we are. Mm. And we're to be channels and blessings. And that's why I love mm. that last last email so much because it's just a reminder i mean kindness you know melts me um as we have talked about many times well and i think it's about the church isn't it? it's about the role of the church you know what's the church for i used to think is there's the a question f- well nice. i mean it's a good question yeah but, but but you know is it if you think that the church is just there to to worship god i'm not sure what the purpose of the church is. i mean you know we oh. do worship that but i'm not sure what that's that doesn't seem like god needs that that much but God loves a song, doesn't he? He loves a song. God loves a song. He loves us to just sing. He does. All the time. Sort of chunks of the Bible. He loves that. <laughs> He's a big fan of that. Sorry, let's stop being naughty and carry on, because there is something well, quite good here. You're... Well, no, well, I, think that, I think the role of the church is to show people what the kingdom of God is like. Yeah. To show people what a community of, of Christ is like. Yeah. And so kindness seems to be to be... One of the first prerequisites of that, yeah, niceness and kindness and just those things, those simple things. And and I don't, I think we underestimate what a profound effect they can have, really. Yes, always. And it's always good to be reminded of these absolute foundational basics. And I think you, we talked about before, didn't we, sort of, um, you know, rewording um, 1 Corinthians 13 from love is kind oh, yeah, love yeah. Is to to god is kind yeah god is and if god is kind what does that mean about who who yes. i am and what i'm called to be um, and could that, you could stuff. you put your own name in there you know, yeah nick is, nick is always i the other i yeah. think the other thing is you need other people around you to help with this so one of the things yeah. that came over in that email is people saying oh look that was wonderful we really appreciate yeah. what you did there because we i've been aware this week that we, we're not the best judges of of what that looks like what our behavior looks like i've, I've been having no. this review right we have this 360 degree review do you know this uh i've heard of it i've never okay. had one i wasn't asked about you i could have given them a review of you i think it's to do with my actual meaningful work not this <laughs> i well, thought it was enough. like you just invited people into a room and they walked around you <laughs> oh, he looks good from this side. Completed yeah. a circle, <laughs> basically. <laughs> oh, look at that! I've never seen him from the back. Um, <laughs> but no, you ask all these people to to review, and one of the things we do is to say, well, what you know, what am I good at? And so people were. I mean, it was extremely uncomfortable for me, obviously. Oh, were they, were, like, nice they were saying nice things? They were saying nice things. So that was kind of. <laughs> I thought they might be lying. Um, but I, what it was good about is it shows that 
you know, you can, you can make a difference. And also, you, I just tend to see things from the inside. So I know what all the struggle is inside to be kind and nice and to be patient mm. and, and, and humble and all those kinds of things. I, I know how badly I mm. struggle at that and how much I fail. But I don't think people outside necessarily see that. So you're not the best no. judge of yeah. your own uh, workings out the no, kingdom of God. You, you need true. other people to help you with it and to encourage one another. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And and it does, you know, a little act of kindness. I mean, we've said this many times, I know, so sorry for repeating ourselves, but you've no idea the impact it makes. I mean, when we were going through our life, Reg and I, you, you know, we're often a bit skint working for Oasis in the church, but we always we always had a floor people could sleep on or a sofa bed. We could always invite people for a meal. Rachel is the master of stretching mm. meals. And... Um, and it was actually, you know, it, it, it was incredible. People would write to us afterwards, you know, when all we'd done is just said, come and eat with us or come and have a meal with us or, you know, kip down, spend the night with us or whatever. And the impact it made was so disproportionate from the effort it was for us. I mean, it was no real bother for us whatsoever. Mm, mm. Um, but for them and the season of their life and where they were to have a hospital. And that's why hos hospitality generally is so profound and so powerful. And I think it's, you know, it's one of the two major tenets of the Northumbria community. I know the two foundations of it is hospitality because it makes such a profound effect when you invite people into your home and you welcome them and all the rest of it. Simple it is, things. And it is fundamentally kindness. Yeah. I mean, hospitality is yeah, that, yeah, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So I found that quite uh, really interesting to think about, um, you know, in the sense of progressing us on slightly as we go through this season. Last week, uh, we talked about how the incarnation shows us what God is like. And this week, we I think it's about how we're invited to do the same thing to other people. And so I think the challenge for us around this time as we think yeah. of the incarnation is... Is is not just to reflect on the incarnation, but also to be the incarnation. Yes, for people. Brilliant. To to be that yeah. Christmas event, to be that that uh, that loving God. I think that's really oh, that's a challenge. Oh, I really do. I, I, that's so good, and it cuts through everything. You know, we can talk forever about. You know, should we be more conservative? Should we be more liberal? You know, we could discuss doctrine mm. forever and a day and we can do it in a gracious way or we can do it in a very sort of you know annoying way or all the rest of it but this cuts through everything i think it and says ultimately there's some really important things here you can find them in 1 corinthians 13 if you really want to but point number one think what you like about you know the virgin birth are you being kind to people are you loving people? Are you welcoming people? Are you taking the opportunities that the divine is giving you in a day to be and live the incarnation to people? I think that's just great. Just cuts cuts across it all here. Mm. And I think that's what matters because if the mid-faith crisis means anything to people, it's about becoming more authentic. Yeah. It's about yeah. it's, it's about being real. I still don't I'm still not able to articulate how I feel about lots of big theological dilemmas and do points yes, of doctrine yes, yes. but i'm pretty clear now who i am being called to be yeah. as joe davis i'm i'm pretty clear on on the fact that god loves me and 
And that's such a wonderful thing. I can now offer that love out to people. I'm pretty unclear on everything else. <laughs> it's got to I be hadn't said. noticed. <laughs> but, but it's important to have that foundation, isn't it? It's, yeah. And that's why Christmas is good news. And, you know, we don't have time to think about, which is why we did our Christmas special back in June. Yes, indeed. We, still yeah, we, to that. we don't seem to have learned because we're still talking about it. Yeah, here we are. Well, Colin will write another email about that, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, we I don't have anything more to say, really. No, I don't. I, I feel like Candle 2, from my limited understanding, was the Bethlehem Candle and all about faith. But I feel like we've transcended that. No, because I think something... that was a load of old tosh. It was invented in 1833 by Jan Heinrich yes, Himmel- Himmel- von Trapp. I can't remember his so name. So the challenge for you and me this week is to go and be the be the incarnation. I think so. Oh. Same challenge as every week, really. I suppose it is. Well, there's a thing. Thanks, Well, mate. we'll be back in a week with uh, even less content. So do write in and uh, get, keep in touch with us. And don't forget, uh, if you want to support a worthwhile charity this Christmas... Go and do it. <laughs> yeah, go and do it and then give some money to us. Yeah, thank you. And here's my 360-degree review of Nick. OK. You're a good bloke, mate. Well done. Oh, thank you. Oh, Thanks. That's very nice. Oh, I appreciate you. I'll Cheers. Do, I'll, yeah, great. I'll do one of you sometime. Thanks. See you next week. All right. See you.